They say shoot for the moon, because if you fall, you'll land amongst the stars. But sometimes, you just land on the moon. With bold espresso, cake batter flavor, mocha drizzle, and sprinkles too, we're pushing the boundaries of deliciousness like never before. Introducing the Dunkin' Cake Batter Signature Latte. Mission accomplished, everyone. America runs on Dunkin'. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to this La Cosa Nostra radio production. La Cosa Nostra is a family unit located on allpoetry.com. Allpoetry.com, the world's largest poetry community. We want to thank Kevin and the crew for giving us a place to call home and hang our hats. The content and opinions of the people, the callers, and the hosts do not necessarily reflect the beliefs and opinions of Lacosum Nostra ownership and management. Enjoy this Lacosum Nostra programming. Back when we had winners, I was afraid to lose you to the competition. Five times you won the All-American... That was a long time ago, wasn't it? That was before the accident. Before the booze. 
You know how many people told me to just cut you loose? You going to say anything? Howard, I've always thought of you as a small, weak, and gutless man. But you know, there's no reason to be rude. You owe me, Mike. You gave me your word. And that used to mean something. My son, Rafael, he's in trouble. I want to get him out of Mexico. You want me to go down there and kidnap him? Please, just get him back up here. Just you? Just me. Hey, Rafael, you can come out now. I'm a friend of the family. Catch me and I'll kick your ass on that. Jesus Christ. Get in the back. We go and I tell you, okay? Look, the only place you're gonna go is the hospital. You get too angry. It's not good for you. You used to be strong, natural. I used to be a lot of things, but I'm not now. Now I'll tell you something. This macho thing is overrated. Just people trying to be macho show that they've got grit. That's about all they end up with. Like anything else in life, you think you got all the answers. I'm Mike. Martha. And you realize you get older, you don't have any of them. We all have to make choices in life, kid. You have to make yours. His name is Macho. Like me? Very strong rooster. Whatever. What's wrong with that? Nothing. I wants to name this cock Macho. <laughs> it's okay by me.
I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I've kind of lost track myself. But Ian, this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Hello, 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 and if you haven't figured out by now, this is a special edition of Lacosa Nostra Radio. Uh, this we're calling Cry Macho, a celebration of Clint Eastwood. And um, ever since 1955, Clint Eastwood has been gracing the silver screens and TV um, shows uh since he's um directed now 40 films as crime macho um premiered in theaters last week um grossing over six million dollars and um i'm which is a, kind of mind-boggling that this was his 40th movie that he has directed and he's doing this at the age of 91. So that absolutely blows my mind. As Gonzo mentioned out in uh, on the board, he believes he is the number one actor um, director in American history, and which I, I think is a not a far fetched uh, claim because he has been absolutely incredible over his time. Um, I'm going to be uh, actually reading something from one of my favorite uh, Clint, Eastwood's, Clint Eastwood movies, which was uh, Heartbreak Ridge. And uh, I know a lot of people have their own uh, particular, uh, whether it be the Good, the Bad, the Ugly, Dirty Harry series, or whatever. And it's um, all over the place. I also love the Outlaw Josie Wales and the Pale Rider uh, some of my absolute favorite westerns come from uh, come from Clint Eastwood, like Unforgiven, and I think that he has had just an amazing run as a human being, and this is what we're here for to celebrate his life and his accomplishments. Uh, without further ado, I am going to go to the phone lines, and I want to welcome Headshot. Headshot, how are you doing, brother? Hey, brother, how's it going? Uh, doing pretty good, thanks. That's good. That's good. Um, welcome to the show tonight. Uh, what uh, What's your favorite uh, Eastwood movie? Are you there, Hitchup? Oh, I'm sorry, man. Uh, uh, I, I, I honestly, I've never seen him. I'm looking up his quotes right now to write something. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I can tell you. Hey, that. You've I have never a quote seen right here. 
Have you ever seen Heartbreak Ridge? I I haven't. Oh, man. Uh, It's it's about the Marines that went down to Granada. So it's definitely uh, a cool, cool movie. Um, What's that? Uh, Yeah, that would be something I'd I'd, uh, have to look at or uh, check out. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of serious, kind of a comedy, a little bit of everything. It, it, and it got war It seems he's a bit a bit ahead of his time. Uh, one of his quotes here says, "If you if you came here expecting rainbows, unicorns, safe spaces, and political correctness, you are in for a very rude awakening." So he's a bit ahead of his time. So we're barely there now. He has always been ahead of his time. So. Um, one of the things, um, one of his, his big movies, and uh, which was The Outlaw Josie, Wales, um, was actually uh, kind of in, in light of the Vietnam War and all the protests and everything like that, because uh, The Outlaw Josie, Wales, was actually a person who did not want to join either side in the Civil War. And so he was kind of deemed an um, an outlaw by um, by the uh, union um, union folks. So you know it, he it, it was you know kind of like a message to um, to the government. You know you know just um, we don't need <laughs> we don't need to continue to do war after war after war. And I think that that was uh, a powerful message. He was, like I said, like you said, he was way ahead of his time. And um, I'm looking at Gonzo's uh, uh, little list out there, Good, the Bad, the Ugly, Unforgiven, Letters from Iwo Jima, Hang Em High. Uh, And I'm looking at Azekel out there in the line of fire. He's had so many, so many incredible incredible movies and uh whether it be the western genre whether it be the uh the military genre um or even a cop he has played almost everything that you can just can imagine um and uh there you go the he was he played uh, the uh trainer for a, a woman fighter in million dollar baby yeah absolutely yeah and uh, you have seen that one yeah he directed that uh million dollar baby as well and uh that was that was one of his movies um let me see uh, the latest one of his latest ones was Gran Torino and that was the music that Boo was playing at the beginning of the show. And um, I, I, I know Gonzo heard it. And, uh, I'm not sure if you did, but I think that the, the whole thing about it is he is an icon. He is um, a person that so many people have looked up to for so many years to just imagine a person um, – going since 1955 and being able to do everything that he has been doing and still do it at the age of 91. That's what, that kind of blows my mind in, uh, in what he does. Now I did have a, uh, 
I did have a contest out there for this particular show, and I'm going to be bringing some of the poems from this contest over. I'm also we're also going to be reading other poems that uh, that uh, members of Lacoste Nostra have submitted. And I'm really kind of excited just to see what everybody has brought forward. And uh, hopefully we'll get a bunch of people calling in later on and we'll we'll get it uh, moving in the right direction. So let's see. I think what I'm going to do is this is a good one, good poem right here to kind of um, talk about uh, Eastwood and his career and everything like this. This is um, one of uh, one of our members in Lacoste Nostra. Um, his name is uh, Minanagi. He is from India, and he wrote this little little thing called. Clint Eastwood, Man With No Name. Um, And this is a great way to introduce kind of Clint Eastwood's career. And it goes like this. Clint Eastwood, an actor, film director, and composer, rose to international fame with his role as the Man With No Name, gained worldwide popularity, and became globally known and earned widespread praise in 65 years of career. The list of his accolades is arm-long. The roles he had played have made him an enduring cultural icon of masculinity. He is a true artist and gentleman in every respect, despite his years of being at the top of his game and the legendary movies he has made. He has been down to earth, treats all human beings the same. Less he spoke in the movies, the stronger he became, and more he grew in the imagination of his audience. His glib way of delivering the dialogues are associated with some of the most popular uttered lines in film history. No matter what what age he is, he will always be a cowboy at heart, even at the age of 91. He is back in the saddle for his upcoming movie, Cry Macho, directed by him, too. He will keep on appearing on the big screen as long as there's a new story to tell. End poem. I think that this right here is is such a great way to deliver uh, kind of an opening uh, credit for who he is and what he has done. he, he um, I was fortunate enough to uh, be an extra in um, in one of the movies by his son Scott Eastwood, and uh, that w- that was filmed in uh, Wake Forest in North Carolina, and that was that was a unique experience, but uh, very cool. He he. <laughs> He actually walked so close to us that we we actually uh, saw him, and um, and he said hi and everything like that to the people around and everything. Uh, he was a mirror, he's a mirror image of what Clint looks like, except the height. He's a lot shorter, and uh, I think that that was that was a great experience, and. Uh, Ultimately, it's a great way of just 
introducing everything. You know, Clint, he he has done so much. He's he's been so much, and uh, I think that uh, that this this way of describing him, which is a very common common uh, way to write uh, poetry in uh, the Indian culture. I think that uh, he, he did a wonderful job like that. Um, what do you think about that, uh, Headshot? Uh, well, I'd say the title, Cry Macho, reminds me of the uh, No Country for Old Men. Um, the, he's, he's a perfect uh, image to, to, to reflect the man because the times have changed so much and we're dealing with, with so much... Uh, 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 the, the differences than what we had back then. Back then, it seems like it was it was it was a lot more simpler, and it was just one way and and, and easy. It didn't work either. Uh, but uh, but that's that's here nor there. Uh, I have been hearing that a lot, though. A lot of people say uh, uh, insanity is is repeating the same mistake over and over and expecting a different different change. And if that's so, by that definition, are we not all uh, insane because we keep just looping and looping over, and we know it doesn't work, and, and yet nothing's diff- no different. Um, so I think he, he shows the different. He teaches people, I guess, a different way to, uh, that they're not alone. That that uh, we used to be a lot more rugged than we are now. So maybe we should ease up. I suppose. It's a bit right. Uh, it's a bit right. Oh, great comment, headshot. Um, now I gotta ask one question. Boo, do you feel lucky? <laughs> Boo. Perhaps it is Friday. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the problem is? There ain't many real men left. That's the first problem. Um, in my opinion. Macho men, whatever, real men, you know. So I agree with what Headshot said too. A lot of it. But hey, I'm lucky feeling lucky. Excellent, excellent. Well, I I got a little treat for everybody next. Um, uh, Laughing Soul actually asked me to record something for her for this show. And this is her poem that she put out, and I, I, I said I would do it, and uh, I went ahead and did this. And I hope everybody everybody likes that. And... Uh, Starting out with two poems from, from India, but here we go. <laughs> this is The Gunslinger Who Talked to the Trees. Gunslinger who uh, talked to trees, my laughing soul. Rules, rules, rules. The good, the bad, the ugly. I make them. 
you dig? Fools. 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 Go ahead. Make my day. I the hero. Just me. Man with no name. A cowboy. A few words. A cigarello jumper. A style icon. With a rugged poncho. Age is just a number. Proofs with a blast. Clint Eastwood. The cry macho. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed that. All right, all right. Um, you know, this is this is a great uh, take again on Eastwood and his career and what he does and who he is. I, I think she grabbed a hold of and the picture of who he really is first and foremost, and which I think is uh, quite awesome. I'm very impressed with her. Uh, not knowing much about him and taking the time out and doing the research and finding out more about him. And I think that uh, it was fun actually doing that. So uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Headshot, what do you think about that? Oh, that was great, man. Uh, so many quotes in here. The, the rules, 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 as if there's three sets of rules and, and one's good and one's bad, which which obviously are are, are our enforcement that we, we, we have to, to uh, protect us, and then the bad, uh, the ones that they actually catch and, and sentence. And then you have the ugly, uh, the ugly things they have to do uh, that people don't know about, and also you have the soldiers doing the things that, that are ugly so we don't look at them. Uh, one day they collided, and, and then uh, I thought that was amazing. And then the age is just a number. Uh, a lot of people just forgot about that. Myself, I stopped counting at 33. Uh, a cry macho. Uh, so, so some people cry and and do what they do. Well, when you're macho, you cry and and not many tears come out, and then you, and then you make a change and get something done, so you don't have to cry again. Uh, so you can remain macho because if you don't, then you you start slipping the other way. It was a great rant. All right, and Boo, what do you think? Boo the button, the button, Boo. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, uh, I was just putting your picture up there. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> I uh, I like the music in the background. She always gets it right on the money because every time I do it, it's either too loud or not loud enough. But anyway, um, and yeah, I thought she did. A, you did a good job doing his voice. You're very good with the voices. I love the pictures she used. Uh, rules, rules, rules. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, seems like there are rules for certain set and then a rule for another set and then 
nobody knows what's going on the other way around. Um, I like how she has all the quotes in there. It's probably one of the most famous quotes from a movie ever. Go ahead, make my day. Um, he was a man, he is, I mean, a man of few words. So true there. Style icon, got that right. I mean, it takes a lot of men, and not only is he a great actor, he's a great director, he's a great writer, uh, and he doesn't give a shit what people say, what people think about him. He's going to do what he's going to do, and he has to fund it with his own money, he does. Um, and I think he's very creative and original, and even still at his age, still to keep going. I mean, I think he's a badass, and he's macho, and I loved her poem. Nice brevity. Good job, G. Great comment, Boo. Hey, Boo, I'm going to put you to work. Um, you know, we we talk mm-hmm. about, we named this thing Cry Macho, and Cry Macho is uh, his newest movie. Like I said, it grossed $6 million the first week, so I, I think uh, that's a, mm-hmm. that's pretty pretty darn good. Uh, third yes, third in uh, box COVID. office. Yeah, yeah, third in box office sales. So I, I think uh, that's pretty awesome. And what I'm going to do is have you read a little poem that is based. This, yeah, true. This is uh, based off of the movie uh, Cry Macho, and it was in uh, it was in my contest. So if you can go ahead and read that for us. Okay. All right. Got it. Okay. Uh, Who's boss? From. Sorry, my things in the my. Things in the way. Anyway, I can't see who it's from because I keep getting messages. Okay. Ennis Ennis Richard. A former rodeo warrior who was strong and fit got plastered, drove drunk, and caused an accident. (laughs) As he grew old, he preached about macho and grit. He went south to escort a friend's son, a trip that turned into a chauffeur run. At first, they had friction. The kid was cross, but the old bull rider showed him who's boss. End poem. This is yeah. What this is is kind of like a, a very short synopsis of the film itself <laughs> and the book, Cry Macho, of what he did and what he, what the whole thing was about. And I think that um, that it, it, it's kind of pretty awesome that uh, you got something like this and a person who actually took the time to to uh, go ahead and. Uh, um, look up the book story and show us what the story is about. I think that uh, did a great job with it. Um, Boo, you read it. What do you think? I think it's it's like a Cliff Notes version of the movie that that rhymes, and it's kind of funny because this just puts it right out there, straight up, what the movie's about, and uh, that's all you really need to know, really. And um, I thought it was catchy, clever, and uh, Fun brevity. I never heard of this person before, so that's good to get new people in there. Absolutely, absolutely. And I see you put a little synopsis out on the board as well. And uh, that's kind of, uh, like I said, he put it into a poetic way. And this is what uh, was you found out. A one-time rodeo star and washed-up horse breeder in 1978 takes a job for an ex-boss to bring the man's young son home and away from his alcoholic mom, crossing rural Mexico on their back way to Texas. The unlikely pair faces um, 
an unexpectedly challenging journey during which the world-weary horseman may find his own sense of redemption through teaching the boy what it means to be a good man. Oh, yeah. That's, that, that's uh, so cool. Uh, and uh, I, like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to eventually seeing it. And uh, I think the story itself is uh, one it's one that has been trying to come out I know they tried to make a movie about it in the 80s and it didn't work out so they uh, they turned around and we're going to make a movie um, with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger believe it or not and then he became governor of California so they had to put the project on hold and then he had all the controversy about him so uh, so that was scrapped, and Clint Eastwood decided to take on the job, and he made the movie happen, which I th- which is an incredible journey to a final product. Um, Headshot, what did you think about that? Uh, well, the first line got me, the rodeo, the rodeo warrior. We have the rodeo down here uh, every once in a while. Uh, we're like two hours from Mexico. Uh, also, the Cowboys. Uh, the first Cowboys were, were Mexican, from my understanding. Uh, our basketball team is also also the Spurs. So I mean, we have the uh, all that Cowboys stuff uh, in, inbreded in us, I guess, down in the South. Um, and and uh, Texas always seems to pop up. So I think with all the the dilemma we're going through, uh, we should look towards Texas as an influence uh, towards change. Is a great right. That is great. That is great. I love that little story Gonzo just put on the board. I went to a few rodeos in Alberta, and uh, he said watched a bunch of people, bunch of guys playing uh, Mexican poker, where they sit at a table playing poker while the bull runs around them, and the bull uh, uh, just stood still until one of them turned around and went, "The bull ain't no good," and then. The movement scared the bull, and he flattened all six people at the table. Oh, my gosh, that's great. That is absolutely great. Um, and I, I think that that, yeah, that is so, so cool. I, I love the little stories we got tonight because um, er, everything everything is kind of like a, a neat little story, and it's, uh, and it's wrapped up all into one. Um, let me uh, pull another one from uh, from the contest. Um, and I'll do this one right here. And uh, let me um, let me put this out here. This is a poem called uh, "Punk" by a poet by the name Slugbrain. So here we go. Punk. Out of the desert he rode, tall, dark, proud, chewing on his slim cigar, staring at all around him with cold, dead eyes. He points at me. Do you feel lucky, punk? In his empty hand appears a gun, a big gun, a forty-five from this end. The barrel looks like a black hole. Go ahead, punk. Make my day. He fires, 
and my pointless life flashes before my eyes. The spaghetti westerns, Josie Wales, the uh, indomitable Dirty Harry, always cool, calm, collected, always the baddest badass around. The man with no name has worn many faces and many disguises. Outlaw, police officer, army boy, retired gunfighter, the great Clint Eastwood, the greatest macho man that ever lived. End poem. Now, I'm going to say that this this poem is spot on for who Clint is, who he, he's been kind of a role model in a, and uh, something, uh, <laughs> thanks, Gonzo. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, he, he, Gonzo says I sound like Clint Eastwood mixed with Barry White. Okay, that's great. That's too funny. But ultimately, you know, when I was growing up, I, I would want to be like Clint Eastwood. It, it was something that um, – you know, I, a person I saw as someone who, it, who kind of exemplified what a man should be like. And I really uh, enjoyed watching him and uh, trying to be like him. And I think that that was um, an awesome part of who he was. Uh, let me introduce to the show and welcome to the show. Hello, Salwa. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. I was not going to call because I, could, I was not, couldn't find something to write. And finally, I did a few minutes ago. So, <laughs> hello, hello. Who's there? I have no idea. Boo is. How are you? And doing? so is Headshot. Hello, Boo. And who? Hello, Headshot. Headshot. Uh, oh, Headshot. Sorry, I can't hear you. What the name? Hello, hello. Hello, Salwa. Sorry. <laughs> Hi, Boo. I changed, I made it. I put effort. <laughs> I was not going to really, I was going to call just to show up. Thank you, Sarah. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> no problem. I wish I didn't see the movie. Um, I can't wait to see it. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I know, I know. I'm kind of excited, too. Um, headshot, what did you think about that poem? Oh, man, I reflected so much towards it, uh, with it or however you would say that. <laughs> uh, it starts with punk. Back in the punks, uh, they looked at punks as, as as what they look at criminals now. Like it was an outcast. Everybody was so proper like back then. But out of the desert, he rose. Uh, when I think desert, I think Iraq. So you can bring this like current. Uh, it, it's, uh, it, it reflects a lot of of, uh, of the struggles we go through today. And it just it just reminds you to stay tough. And, and everybody's going through it. And just keep a positive uh uh, uh, mindset. Yeah. That's great. And like I said, everybody has their favorite movies. Boo put uh, Gran Torino, Million Dollar Baby, Mystic yes. River, and Dirty Hair. And I am a person who loved Heartbreak Ridge, Outlaw Josie Wales, Pale Rider, and Unforgiven. Those are those are probably my four. You like the western. And- <laughs> I, he, Million he Dollar Baby is amazing. He was a great Western actor, though. He he really really played that that role well. And I, uh, think, I have a question. Um, uh, do they call it Do they call it Western because it's like from China, we're the West, or do they call it Western because it's the Western of the U.S. Because Texas is is down it, south. It, it was the Western it's like a West, of the U.S. Old West, I guess. Yeah. It was like 
it was uh, that time in America where uh, probably we're talking about uh, uh, the the um, the uh, flow of people going from the east to the west. Yeah, that, and, that's, that's uh, what I was thinking. It still didn't happen. It was all the west, so it just passed that. So they still called it the west because it's all wild. It was wild at the time. Exactly, and that that's that's what it was oh. about. Oh, how could I forget any which way but loose? That's a good one too, Azekiel. Yeah, that's really good. All right. Well, we got a treat, folks. Uh, Let's hear from Boo. Boo, uh, you uh, got a bronze in my contest, so congratulations on that. Surprisingly. Let's hear what you got. Okay. This is called Eastwood, Better Than Good. Kind of funky. Bad boy with a good heart at the tail end of a head start. Oh, he's prolific, he's profanic, he's depressed, he's manic, he's processed, he's organic. He meditates and sits when he just can't stand it. And remember, this is just a test. So far, the love of God, please don't panic. We're taking anything for granted. Clint says, make my day. Truth is the only way. An American icon, but got some bad habits. Got a good plan, too. Just got to enact it. Bad. He's the baddest. Hollywood glamour. They can have it. End poem. Yeah, I, I I really love the way that you put this, Boo, because the bottom line is, you know, for who he has been and how long he has been in Hollywood, since 1955, his acting career started. And it has not changed who he is. He is still the same down-to-earth, rugged, um, macho person that that he was back then. And really and truthfully, if there's one person that really Hollywood hasn't affected and, and, you know, turned into something that they're not, it is Clint Eastwood. And and I'm very impressed by who he is and what he stands for. And, Boo, I think your poem grabs a hold of that and kind of um, kind of talks about that one. I, I, I think that you've nailed it on the head, who he, wa- who he is. Um, and I, I really enjoyed the way that you, uh, you did that. As Mikel said, he Thank acted you. in 72 films, and he also directed – this is, Cry Macho is the 40th film he has corrected, uh, directed. Um, the actual, mm-hmm. some may say 39, but his first film that he directed, he was uncredited for. So it was actually 40 <laughs> films. Yep. So uh, he had, he had that, more wives than wives and girlfriends than I have porters. Salwa, what did you think about that? Oh, who doesn't love Clint um, Eastwood? I mean, he's a great, really great, great actor. And you're right by saying American icon. He definitely brought his, um, who is, what, what he's known for, really. That's what I see here. Um, as he said on his prophetic, his prophetic. And there is this, this kind of cool how it's rhyming. 
he's depressed, he's manic, he's possessed, he's organic. <laughs> I like that. Meditate and sit when he just can't stand it. Um, I think as a personality, too, I really like what he's doing for um, humanity, how many he donate all his, um, he have all this uh, food product that uh, the money he donates to the, so many causes. I really appreciate that on him. I, I, I buy his brand for this reason. Because mm-hmm. um, I think you're thinking of Paul great. Newman, maybe? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I see a lot. It's all good. <laughs> That's so funny. I'm They're all icons. <laughs> They're all so taste delicious. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm losing it. See why I didn't want to call. <laughs> Actually, I made everyone laugh. That's good. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's fine, Sal. It's fine. <laughs> Headshot, what you, what'd you think of Boots' poem? Uh, uh, first, the picture was awesome. Go ahead and make my day. Uh, so it makes his day to be able to kill somebody because he knows if we killed enough people, the world would be a better place. And so with every little one kill we get, uh, it makes us feel better because we're actually doing going in the right direction, which we know is, is a solution. Uh, I, I thought that uh, it's cool to... Uh, 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 elaborate on his characteristics. Uh, uh, yeah, like y'all saying, there's not that many people uh, this hard uh, anymore because uh, to make a change, you have to do it within yourself, and sometimes that's not so easy. I thought it was a great ride. Well, thank you. All right. Well, we got something extra special again here, folks. So I am I'm kind of excited about this one. Gonzo has come up with something that is just absolutely phenomenal. And I got you guys got to sit back and listen to this carefully because this is absolutely sensational. This is called Ballad of a Western Extra. Well, 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 I didn't think you were man enough to face me, so you thought you could come into my town and cheat me at a poker when you got another thing coming, friend. I still don't know how you did it, but it ain't gonna matter, because after today, you ain't gonna tell no one. You ready to do this, boy? Any last words? No. No? I'm gonna let my pistols do the talking.
At the edge of town is a spot set real nice. Ground is soft and easy to shovel. Just grab hold your piece and forget the holster. Pretty sure you'll back and grovel. Sunset skins melting across sapphire skies. Ego engorged, unexpected surprise. Perforating arteries, stripping flesh. Pop a lung, crippled, gasping for breath. Pride will undo to the quiet show respect. That's how he left me covered in my own shame. I imagine my gravesite overgrown by neglect. Reading, killed by a man who never gave his name. Production is absolutely great. Oh, what um, what Gonzo did there was he brought entertainment. He brought kind mm-hmm. of a feel of what it's like to be an extra in one of those westerns where you end up getting shot and killed. And uh, I think that he did a great job with that. Uh, let us, before I get any more comments, hey, Raz, welcome, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little you bit backed fired, up. Rez. I was backed <laughs> up though. That's all right. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. I see soak hey, up on. <laughs> Let me get um I really want to comment from uh Sal on this. What'd you think? Oh my goodness. It's just phenomenal. Really I can't believe it what she did. The music, the change of voices. Like watching a movie. Um, but with no see, with no screen, it's so well done. I really enjoyed it. He had this beautiful talent. I think he did something different like this before. He always surprised us with. I really like it. I'm so um, I love so much the performance. I didn't pay attention to the content, so I have to read it again. <laughs> <laughs> so well it's done. okay. It's okay. Uh, headshot. What do you think? Uh, I like the beginning. He always said they were running around the town. I had a poem, um, infantry always runs around the town until a kilo comes around. Or run around thinking <laughs> they run the uh cops cops feel this way about your parks and city. They want to run around, hey, this is my park, don't do this, don't do that. Act right. Uh soldiers feel about that that way about the nation. Uh it also brings to mind the crippled. He's very crippled. I can't I can't can't even imagine how many people were crippled or wounded just because the toughest have, have killed the toughest since the beginning of time. Um, it brings to mind uh, uh, the, the, what what it took to build this nation, and and what it's going to take to 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 save it. Let's get right. And uh, Boo, I, I think you kind of liked it. Yeah, uh, and I thought it was like a great performance. It was theatrical. It was entertaining. I haven't heard him in a while, so it's nice to see him here. And nice to see him around. Um, gruff and rough and tough enough for his herd without footsteps. Like that just right there epitomizes badass to me. Uh before lines are crossed better be on your way because once you start you don't want to fuck with him and uh he's gonna make sure that it's finished. I thought the voices were incredible. His voice is beautiful. Um music behind it was 
grid, not too loud, not too soft, because a lot of times that's a problem. Um, and then the ending, reading killed by a man who never gave his name, and he leaves you hanging in mystery there. I thought he did an awesome job. Um, yeah, great job. Very, very original. All right, and uh, Raz, can you grab, um, let me see, grab my poem. I'll, I'll go ahead and read next. Yeah, sure thing, brother. <laughs> that was yeah, interesting. Um, now let me tell you. Let me tell you a little background on my story, folks. While uh, Raz is going to get it, um, my one of my favorite movies that Clint Eastwood has done is Heartbreak Ridge. Uh, it's it's about an old gunnery sergeant in the Marines that takes over uh, this ragtag misfit group of misfit platoon and turns them into something that uh, is an absolute um, kind of perfect for the war. And uh, they were preparing for the war, preparing for the war, never thinking they were going to go, and then got uh, deployed to, uh, when, um, when the, students, the students got held hostage in Granada. And uh, this was actually kind of based off the Granada thing. But uh, the whole thing about it is uh, the reason he was hardened, everybody talks about Heartbreak Ridge, Heartbreak Ridge, Heartbreak Ridge. Well, I went ahead and did my little research on the actual Battle of Heartbreak Ridge. And this poem right here deals with the Battle of Heartbreak Ridge during the Korean War. And I call it Death's Messenger, Lead the Fallen Home. And it goes like this. Sobs tatter porcelain wings. Smoke shrouds the soldier's skulls in scarlet soil. The dead fall in her arms. Gunny gripped the boy's red liquid hand. Snapshot no brain washes. Wails of the widows surf the oceans. Chess masters move, carousel of the pawns, the bloody ridge, napalm, 28,000 dead, crimson in the jungle, hills fell, bunkers crashed, warfighters in pine boxes, fingertips swirl the bourbon, lilies wilt, neon spotlight gunnies, chiseled chin, jails house the veterans. Death's bride sings hallelujah in secret chords. He hears, hums along, and poem. Hmm. All right. Uh, from one soldier to another, what did you think, Headshot? Uh, I thought it was a great writing. Uh, it reflects uh, what people go through, uh, not only at war, but before and after. Uh, we have to see our loved ones go. We have to leave our loved ones uh, and knowing it's for the best of everyone. And then you go over there. Some people don't go back. Your best friend's girlfriend or something. Everybody's missing somebody, and everybody mourns a loss, basically. Um, and, then, and then you come back, and then, then you have to deal with, with it and not being, not being there no more and hearing everybody talk and, and just dealing with the, with the trauma, I suppose. Uh, like how much people go through and, and what we lose and have lost and why we fight so hard uh, for what we have. It's a great right. 
I appreciate it. Thank you. So, oh, here comes the soldier. <laughs> um, it is really sad, actually. I, I just, heartbreaking. Waves of the wither surf the ocean, my goodness. So, um, and that's what happened in every war. You put so the numbers, 28,000 dead concerning jungle, and then the, the, the description is just terrifying. It's the reality of the war. So the skulls, the, the skulls and again, brainwashes. Oh, my goodness. It just give me, it gave me the goosebump. But um, I don't think I would see this movie <laughs> because uh, I must be very, uh, what's the word? I can't think of the word. Graphic. Uh, so today I'm very slow. Sorry, it was a long, long day. But really well done. You see, something that you understand. You can feel that. We can feel that you really feel it and understand it. I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. Um, yeah. There's uh, definitely all sorts of messages here from death. And uh, when you hear the background to North Korean War, it was one that was fought uh, with many losses on both sides. And so uh, what there is of death bridge sinks hallelujah and secret chords he hears comes along. It's a, a kind of way of accepting uh, what there was of the realities of the war. I appreciate it. Thank you. I, I when I read this at the the other day, I didn't know it was for the for the show. I think it. I mean, I it's pretty. It's abstract to me. I don't know if it's supposed to be, but I mean, it's it, the picture doesn't. I would have thought we would have put a different picture there for this type of poem. I don't mean that in a rude way. It's just, uh, she, I don't know if she's like the angel or, or what, for the, those who are falling. Well, you take, you take a look a really at her. her, her but what's the bunny? If you take a look at her, you'll see the skulls at her feet, the dead at her feet. Uh-huh. So I kind of, kind of consider her oh. like the angel of death, oh. bringing people over to the other side. Oh, that could be a whole new scene on things. But I like wall, uh, whales of the widows, surf the ocean, chestmaster moves, carousel pond. There's so many widows, wives, mothers, sons that move people. Um, and then you say 28,000 dead. Wow, that's a lot of people dead. And then I love fingertips swirl like bourbon because so many soldiers turn to um, Addiction, uh, medication, over-medicating or not taking their medication at all, then mixing it with alcohol, the PTSD, the nightmares, all of those things that make the substance abuse worse, which they think going to make better. I see it every day. They stop taking their meds because they feel better, and they go downhill. Um, it's the only way they can deal with what they've been through. I can't even imagine what they've been through because I don't think I can make it. So, I, uh, But uh, I thought this is very... Uh, deep and I love the ending he hears comes along. Yeah, good job, Jay. Yeah, if you if you um, the movie uh, Heartbreak Ridge uh, kind of uh, swirls around uh, Gunnery Sergeant mm-hmm. uh, Thomas Highways. Uh, 
uh, life. And he was supposedly in the Battle of Heartbreak Ridge, which Mm -hmm. actually um, took the lives of uh, close to 29,000. I put 28,000 because that's... That was the low estimate, but it it was like right around 28,700 people. And uh, it was was a a cluster, uh, Charlie Foxtrot. Um, You can put the two words together because uh, some of the, some of the leaders just didn't wouldn't want didn't want to listen to the other leaders when they had better ideas. They underestimated the enemy and we lost way too many people in that battle because of it and if you follow his life he did turn to alcohol quite a bit you know you could Mm -hmm. see where ptsd set in and the different things that affected him set in and uh i think it it was a it was a great uh, uh movie to show uh kind of what even though there was uh, a quite a bit of humor in it um, it was still a great way to put it, and I, I think that's mm-hmm. uh, kind of, kind of um, was an awesome way. Um, like I said, it it it's not an easy subject to talk about, but mm-hmm. uh, I think it, they presented it was quite uh, clever and uh, helped out. Never underestimate uh-huh. the enemy. Exactly. Hey. Um, Raz, why don't you grab Budo's poem, and I'm going to have you read that. I want to remind everybody that tomorrow night, uh, Rack is uh, going to have When Broken Hearts Bleed. Uh, The show topic is settling. When have you settled on something in a relationship in life? Uh, Who uh, have you settled? You know, it's like... Uh, everybody can get, everybody can dream about their, uh, the ultimate thing, but uh, have you ever settled for something? And I think that that is a, <laughs> that's going to be an interesting one to say. Haven't we all? So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, so I'm going to. Too many to uh, count, it, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> that, that's at 10 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. Uh, Raz, whenever you're ready. Yeah, here's Budo and Hush Rabada. Eyes swollen from dust, tears, facial lines engraved in granite. A stone-faced stare, lips cracked from parch, from a thousand conversations, to new, to nowhere. Dry-rotted cowhide leather, splitting under extreme duress, an unforgiving sun faking reddened extremities as mirages dance close to infernal horizons to stand. A hand-rolled cigarette burning tobacco in rasped lungs. His glint in all-consuming, no trepidations otherwise, only the cold-barreled steel awaiting final release. End poem. Oh, this is uh, kind of uh, Eastwood's uh, Western persona, all wrapped up in one. You know, I'm like I said, I'm I'm a fan of several of them. Um, 
to include the outlaw Josie Wales, which uh, I love that movie. It's just fabulous in, in the storytelling of it. And then uh, Unforgiven. I think Unforgiven was kind of a change in uh, how Westerns were made and how that time was portrayed. It showed the ugliness of that time and uh, the way he brought it forward really uh, told a story. Now, before I get another comment for that, let's welcome to the show Azakel. Hello, brother. How are you doing? I'm a doing. I'm a doing. How's everybody doing tonight? Good evening. How are you? Hello. I'm doing good, doing good. Um, headshot, I'm going to have you uh, start on uh, what you think of uh, Budo's uh, Oh yeah, I, I, it, it's a little more raw than today. I, it's what comes to me, comes to mind. Uh, we have all our issues with women and everything on back nowadays. They didn't have that many women, and every guy you met could kill you just to disagree with you. Uh, so I, w- I wouldn't say Dan is now. Uh, it's hard to find wide open spaces nowadays, uh, like like how they have to travel just through wide open ranges and and trails. So I can't imagine uh, what it, how hard it was to, to 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 be a man or be married or do something like that back then. Where would you just meet her out in the bush somewhere? Uh, so I would think you'd have to just take uh, meet somebody, somebody's uh, ex-wife or daughter or something. I have no idea. I, I doubt women were wandering around uh, in the open like that. That's a bit right. And uh, Raz, you read it. What do you think? Yeah, it does show Eastwood when he's really that Western cowboy who's going to lay down the law with the that's there, the bravado. Excellent. And uh, Sawa, what do you think? I I agree with all of you. Uh, He definitely gave a beautiful... um, Persona of uh, Clint Eastwood. I like this photo. Is which from the movie Bravado? I think it's good. I think it's good, the bad, the ugly. Oh, okay. I mean, uh, he just can write about anything. I thought he was going to have a song. <laughs> but I really <laughs> like uh, how he started with the eyes and lips, how they cry, and then move on to, um, at the end, only the cold bearers see the waiting final release. Um, just gradually take us almost like describing the scene. I'm not really big. I'm not going to lie. I'm not big into Western and because of the shooting and killing. <laughs> I just like very I few of it. That. That's that's what makes that's what makes Eastwood so diverse. He's been in so many different kinds of movies and different roles. Mm-hmm. So you can actually actually see who he was in, in, in the different ones like Million Dollar Baby and Gran Torino and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah I, like um, I, think, I think that's, uh, that's a, a great part, part about him. Now, um, I want to welcome to the show Silk. Hello, brother. How are you doing? Oh, hey, Jess, yeah. Everybody else? Hey. How's everyone tonight? Are you? Hello. Good evening. Hello. Can do that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> who is that? All right. And um, 
Boo, I'm going to have you comment, and Raz, if you can uh, go grab Azekel's uh, poem while Boo comments. Shit, you're going to kill me, but uh, I had a patient situation, so I didn't read it, but I will leave a comment. I'm sorry. Oh, Boo, you're fired. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, God, this... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, Sorry. we're gonna get Azakels up. Uh, he me keeps and him pulling are gonna my do hair, and he's per- driving me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're yeah. gonna do a performance piece here, folks. So I'm kind of excited about seeing where this is. And uh, okay, yep, I get, I get it. Oh, I see it. And uh, headshot, you're going to be right after uh, Azekel. Okay. <laughs> this is Imaginary Interview with Clint Eastwood. Hi, it's your guy, hi, it's your guy upon high Azekel, coming to you with another broadcast of rodeo, <laughs> rodeo shows. This surely isn't my first, and God willing, won't be my last. If you've only seen two classic westerns in your life, Chances are, in one, he was the star. In one of his quotes, he said, You don't have anything to prove. You can just be who you are. Mr. Eastwood, is there any more quotes or bits of wisdom you give that's enlightening? They say all marriages are made in heaven, (laughs) but so are thunder and lightning. Are there any more trademark quotes that to our show you think has a fit? What I say after a take instead of cut, that's enough of that shit. I never considered myself a cowboy because I wasn't. But I guess when I got into the cowboy gear, I looked enough like one to convince people that I was. So about Dirty Harry, is there anything you'd like to say about the police, about the fuzz? There are certain things you have to be realistic about. Dirty Harry would not be on a police department at my age, so we'll move on from that. In your very successful trilogy, Man with No Name, wears what kind of cowboy hat? Classic Western style. Pork pie crease. Leather and large brim. Made from rabbit felt. I'll leave you with this. I'm a fatalist. I believe when it's your time. That's it. It's the hand you're dealt. One last question for you, sir. Many women had your children. Is there anything about that you'd like to address? (laughs) Why, (laughs) it is that I'm any more of a sire than anyone else. Um, Yeah, uh, something to do with the genes, I guess. (laughs) 
an actor, producer, director, composer, photographer, and documentary writer. The Americana epitome of what it is to be tough, rugged, and one hell of a fighter. Mm-hmm. One hell of a sperm donor. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, this is great. This is great. I, I, I love, I love, I love how you put this together. And it was just a pleasure to uh, perform this with you, Azekel. I've, I really enjoyed myself. And yeah, you captured who he is once again. Another person who, who, who got it right. So wonderful job. Um, Silk, what do you think about that? Uh, I really dug this, and uh, you did great doing the, the Clint Eastwood impression there, and um, you both read it fantastically, and I just I just loved how this was set up like an interview, going back and touch of humor thrown in, and uh, I think you captured uh, uh, Eastwood's voice very well here. Just a uh, great piece all around. Uh, it made me smile. I enjoyed it. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Sella, 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 you're laughing like crazy. What do you think? <laughs> it is entertaining. I, the beginning, I just couldn't stop laughing. Hi, it's your guy up on. <laughs> can't even say it. Perfect. Coming to you with another broadcast as I can. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm, I'm just like found it really hilarious. I like how you, you again with a sense of humor, but your how you uh, personified him is incredible, really brilliant. Another phenomenal one, one of your favorites maybe. It's so funny, and well done. I will capture who he is. Thank you so much, Shawa. Oh, my pleasure, Mr. Cowboy. All right. <laughs> let's, let's hear what Boo has to say. <laughs> yeah, that's something different for you. I was expecting a song, too, actually, but that's a really unique um, angle that you took, and I thought the questions were good. Your voice was uh, good, Jay, and um, really unique and original. I wasn't sure what you were going to do. I was wondering, but I thought this was very clever and well-written and uh, very unique, which I always like. Good job. Thank you so much. Everybody should know these are actual quotes I looked up of Clint Eastwood. Mm -hmm. So anything that I put in there was once quoted by him in an interview or in a show or in one of his works. So it's actually true to point. Mm -hmm. That's great. Raz, Raz, what do you think? Yeah, that's Bam, bam, I think, man. <laughs> and uh, we'll get headshot doing the last uh, last comment here. And if Raz, you can go grab his poem, uh, his poem next. Uh, the uh, fatalist got my attention. Uh, what if one equaled two? So instead of having the three strikes, uh, you, right now we have a three strike system just to restart further behind. Uh, we were told that you get a fresh start or forgiveness. We now know uh, a record equals neglect or bias from the, from a system. Uh, I, I agree with him. Uh, we should we should uh, uh, enforce our laws more strict, uh, more stricter or something because uh, uh, it's too lenient now and people are just getting away with murder. It's great, right? All right. You are on the board, my friend. Okay, cool. 
Um, I just wrote this little something during the show. Uh, this one's called Macho Macho Men. Uh, guns have a slinger that speaks to trees. They didn't agree and started killing each other's seeds. Trees, go, trees grow while flowers drown because they can't breathe. Punk cakes, pink cakes, pancakes, making the day bleed. Should have, could have, would have, but didn't. Then I got high to lead. And poem. Oh, this is clever. This is clever because, yeah, the whole thing um, is um, about, you know, how macho he's been, but at the same time, it's how human he's been as well. And I think that uh, you grab a grab a great hold on that one. So a uh, wonderful job there, um, headshot. And let me start with uh, Azekiel. What do you think about that? I'm not sure. I might need a little explanation of what's going on here. Uh, I can tell you. I just wrote as as the show was going on, and that's what came out. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. <laughs> that's funny. I- yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Uh let me get a comment from uh Rez. Rez, what do you think? Yeah. This shows uh if you put it all together with the title Macho Macho Man, uh there is uh so much that a person with high testosterone or that <laughs> of being a man would do in order to uh, prove their own point. And uh, it might not include criminal violence or firing off a gun, but there's always trying to uh, lay down a point like the law because it's what to expect from that type of ego that they have their say. And there's a fact that has to necessarily be true. Yeah, I'd have to agree that testosterone has a direct link to uh, uh, standards and boundaries, and it'd be cool if we could mm-hmm. have a single, single standard where, where we hold, our, hold ourselves up even higher because we have so much testosterone and, and we want to act a, a different way than society allows us to. <laughs> that can get you in trouble. Silk, <laughs> so, what do you think? Yeah, um, to me, I thought this was interesting. I, I don't know if this is what you're going for, but to me, this reminded me of a quote um, from my favorite book series, The Will of Time, where they say all, all generals that lead armies are crazy or uh, there is something about either crazy or drunk and, or both. And um, <laughs> this kind of, especially the, the towards the end there, shoulda, coulda, woulda, but didn't, then they got high to lead. That kind of what made me think about there. I don't know if that's what you're going for, but it kind of struck me because uh, there were lines in that thing about uh, there There was a line where there's talking about how this great general once made his entire uh, his uh, troop of soldiers there dig uh, graves for trees for some reason. They said he was batshit crazy, but he never lost a battle, so no one follow it. And I don't know, for some reason that's what the poem said to me. <laughs> I would say that's a trench. Like if you dig up some trees and make some boundaries, you can dig some holes and trenches right before the battlefield. I I couldn't really tell you. Uh, well, Brian. Well, this is actually the the stuff that happened. The trees got knocked over, and he actually they dug graves and buried the trees for some reason. It's it a story. <laughs> but uh, yeah, 
I get making pictures too, but this is yeah, it's a little different. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so they have they have a saying saying if a tree falls, does anybody hear it? So a lot of times people do things that they can't say they do, but they can tell you what they've done afterwards. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, boo. Uh, I I like punk cakes, pink cakes, pancakes, <laughs> making the day <laughs> sound delicious. I'm not sure what you're talking about, but I I think I get it because guns have a slinger and speaks to trees. Okay, forget the tree. They didn't agree, sorry, killing each other's seeds. So I think it's about people that are killing in society. They're killing their, everyone, their mothers, the fathers, the brothers. Like we're just too much quick on the gun, too fast to murder. Um, and then you say glow while flowers drown because they can't breathe. It's this macho man holding other men down, maybe women down from their potential and not letting them grow and um at the end you're just kind of like well fuck it i'm just going to get high because the society's out of control so you're kind of saying there's not many real men left and those ones are trying to hold down the other men and they're not really men at all that's what you see i don't know if i'm right but that's what i got <laughs> yeah i kind of just put it together the idea was that uh they didn't agree and start killing each other's seeds where all trees were killing each other mm-hmm. were the same uh, trees grow, uh, flowers drown. So the, the, if the trees grow, then the, the flowers get less oxygen or less uh, sunlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the bigger the trees get, the less the tree does, uh, the more the, the flowers will struggle. All right. And the last I see that comment on this, last comment on this will be Selwa and uh, uh, Raz, if you can go grab Selwa's poem, please. I think... Um, I, it was really abstract, but I, I don't know, for some reason, the last line, the last uh, two lines, then I, I got high to lead. For me, just to summarize what the macho is, just want to lead, the, they just want this power. Uh, I think this is brilliant how we ended there. And I mm-hmm. explained, I was curious about uh, each other's seeds. I thought, like, boo, really killing each other and no mercy. But uh, your your explanation kind of made it make more sense uh, now to the poem. So thank you. I think that we need macho men around these days. We need a a man who knows how to take charge and lead us or not. I mean, you know, there's enough pussies in the world. Let me just say that. (laughs) Am I right? Am I too. I'm here in the village people as well. (laughs) (laughs) Fun to say it. So why? <laughs> All right. Now, Salwa, your poem is on I'm the board. I'm embarrassed to read mine. After all of this, I didn't. Well, what I did, actually, I did read the quotes because I didn't know what to write. I don't know much. I forgot one of the movies that i only seen. So I went a different direction. It's really lame poem. But here we go compared to what was read now. Um, where is it? Oh, my goodness. Here we go. I'm sorry, I'm jumping all over the place here. Okay, I took some of his quotes, and I put them in my auto note. I tried to be reasonable, but I didn't like it. There's a rebel lying deep in my soul. Anything anybody tells me to trend as such and such, I go to opposite direction. I hate the idea of trends. I hate imitation. I have a reverence for individuality. Now, you got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Okay. I didn't even stay with the quote. I went a different direction. 
because I really didn't know how what what to do with it. Okay, I'm lucky tomorrow is a better day. J'ai de la chance que demain soit un jour meilleur. Je ne crois pas au pessimisme, mais il y a des moments où une peur profonde hante mon âme. Quand les souvenirs du passé apparaissent, n'importe, quand n'importe qui me dit « lâche prise, lâche prise », j'essaie d'être raisonnable, je garde mes pensées, pourtant je souhaite qu'ils comprennent l'anxiété réelle. Um, I don't believe in pessimism, yet there are times where deep fear arises in my soul. When memories from the past flare, anytime anybody tells me, let go, let go, I try to be reasonable. I don't think loud. I wish they understand anxiety is real. End of poem. Oh, you did a great job there, so I, I really, really enjoyed this because bottom line, it is real. It is real. You, you, you uh, grab a hold of something that people can relate to that people can really hold on to and see and know that they're not alone. And with how many people and how many nations reach around the world, that um, type of message is universal. And I believe that this poem right here is a universal message. And uh, if they knew you, know how much you believe in dreams and you always have a a nice little uh, positive twist on everything. Uh, they can see themselves uh, in that light, and they can see themselves as having a positive twist themselves. So I, I really like the way that you uh, you brought that out. Uh, Thank you so much, What do you think about that? Who? Headshot. Oh, yeah, so I see the lady with the boogeyman behind her. Uh, it's her own <laughs> shadows. Uh, like she says, uh, uh, she, she fears the, 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 uh, the memories, oh, I'm sorry, arises in my soul when memories from the past flare. So uh, life is baby steps, and, and we're scared that, that we misplace a domino or something, and it's just going to crumble all, all the pieces uh, from, from a mistake or, or from a misstep we took from behind from in the past. Uh, also, let's go, let's go. Oh, let go, let go. Uh, I try to be reasonable. And, uh, people will try to influence others. That's what that's what we do. We try to influence each other. Uh, and, and I don't think loud. I speak in the heart. I understand anxiety is real. So, so um, a lot of people aren't influenced as easy as easily as others. Uh, and it, it brings. I, I would think it brings up uh, anxiety and, and all these other emotions when when somebody's trying to change your mind because your mind is your soul and, and that's how you live. So they're literally trying to change your life uh, from their perspective. But that was a great ride. Thank you so much, Chad. And Raz, what do you think? Yeah, I'm looking at the technical definition of anxiety. It says here, anxiety disorders are a group of mental illnesses that causes constant and overwhelming anxiety and fear. The excessive anxiety can make you avoid work, school, family, get-togethers, and other social situations that might trigger or worsen your symptoms. Of all the symptoms, there are panic, fear, uneasiness, feelings of panic, doom, danger, sleep problems, not being able to stay calm and still, cold, sweaty, numb, 
tingling hands and feet, shortness of breath, hyperventilation, heart palpitations, dry mouth, nausea, tense muscles, dizziness, thinking about a problem over and over again, unable to stop, rumination, inability to concentrate, intensely or obsessively avoiding feared objects or places. And so with all that going around in anyone's head, you can imagine that the known causes are said to be medical conditions, environmental stress, drug withdrawal, misuse, brain chemistry, and genetics. <laughs> Thank you, Wonderful. Thanks, Dr. Uh, Silk. Silk, what do you think? Yeah, I thought um, that this was uh, first of all a great read. I love hearing the French accent. I was sucking for that. But, uh, <laughs> this really hit home for me because I've struggled with anxiety issues for about, uh, mm-hmm. about 14 years now. Um, and uh, and with agoraphobia, that's, that's something that, I, that mm-hmm. I've had to struggle with for about the past uh, eight or nine years of that. So. This totally um, hit home for me, and I, I got all that you were saying in here, um, especially that last part where you were saying, uh, I wish they understand anxiety is real, because a lot of people think it's just like being a little scared and you can just shake it off, but uh, yeah. uh, a lot of times it can be something that's just, I mean, you can power through it, but they don't get it's kind of like, kind of like something that's trying to shut you all the way down when it hits you and it's just uh, overwhelming and uh, just something that's not just, hey, just take it off and you're fine. You something that takes a lot of work to get over. Like uh, I have like a little, I, I have a ritual where I have to do workout. I have to go out and walk and, and push myself mm-hmm. or it comes back <laughs> if I don't exactly. keep up with that with certain routines mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, I People say that too, until they have it happen to them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Raz, if you can go grab Gerald Ooh. Green's poem. And Boo, I think Boo, nah, Boo doesn't want anything to say about this. Yeah, Boo, <laughs> Boo definitely has something to say. Go ahead, Boo. Well, we know that you're not a pessimist at all. If you're anything, you're on the other direction. So, uh, but like Silk was saying, people say this crap until they have a panic attack, until they feel this heart, heart racing, sweating, everything that goes with it. It's, it's debilitating. It messes with every part of your life. You're afraid to go outside. You're afraid to interact. I know a lot of people that just go like to work and home because they don't want to go anywhere else because this overtakes their life. But um, about your poem, uh, I think um, it puts a good light on that. And I hate when people say, let it go, or do you feel better yet? Or, you know, move on, move on. That's easy to say, but it's harder to do. Um, and then the ending there, I wish they would understand anxiety is real. Those are just ignorant fools who don't get it until um, it happens to them, if, if ever. And uh, I've never had a panic attack before, but only one time, I'll, t- I'll say really quick. And it was freaking terrifying. I didn't think it was that big of a deal either until it happened to me. And um, it was horrifying. My daughter had to, like, get me out of there by the arm. I was, like, really freaked out. And uh, I can't even imagine oh, yeah. that every day. Uh, it would be horrible. So it's not every day, ladies. Oh, yeah. If you have a bad panic attack, you'll, you'll just shut Sorry. down and it feels like you're dying, yeah. 
and you're scared to move yeah, and you're scared so. to like sit down. You're scared to move and you're scared to stop moving. It's, it's weird. You just, yeah. You can't, yeah. It's like it's like you got that fight or fight response, but you're like frozen and can't do either. Yeah. You know what? I could hear everybody talking about me, and I felt like there was a spotlight on me, and I felt everybody was staring at me, and I was just, I was oh, under yeah. a microscope. It was so weird. Uh-huh. And I heard them talking about me. Like, it was just weird, unless I was just really freaked tripping, but either way, it was terrifying. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. I and, agree. <laughs> uh, if, uh... Rats, okay, you got Gerald's there. Before I play Gerald's winner, audio, okay. I want to welcome welcome to the show, Rack. Hey, Rack, how you doing, brother? Hi, <laughs> how you doing, guys? Hey. Hello, hello. Hey, hey. Now, uh, what I want to say is Gerald actually won gold in the contest, uh, the Clint Eastwood contest I had. So uh, we all get to listen to uh, the the well, poems you put together for, for Clint Eastwood. Here we go. Persona, tribute to Clint, written in red by Gerald Green. Some men consider themselves no-nonsense. Others call them mean. They live in an underworld, a place where law and order is redefined by strength. They spurn the priest, rosary, and candles for their own trinity, Smith, Weston, and me. When threatened, they respond with, go ahead, make my day. Unwashed, unshaven, they get up early, drink coffee black, and smoke thin cigars. They call themselves finishers. Others call them mad dog mean. These men think tough ain't enough and call women girly while thinking, I'm who I want to be. They live by the mantra, tomorrow is promised to no one. End poem. I think there he you captured. Go, that sums it up. <laughs> yeah, he captured <laughs> Clint so well. These these are different lines uh, within, within uh, some of the movies. And uh, yeah, there's um, it's quite clever how how he put this together because this was his movie personas. This was this is who he was in those movies, you know. Uh, that classic line. I mean, how how many people know that classic line? <laughs> Go ahead, make my day. You know, it, it, it's something that uh, everybody's heard in their lifetime, and everybody has um, grabbed a hold of it. And I want to congratulate Gerald for uh, getting the gold in the contest. And Boo is right. It is well-deserved. Rack, what do you think about it? Yeah, he, he uh, grabbed a, a bunch of, um, uh, I guess, uh, the, the lines and, and used them like a word bank in a, in a, in a wonderful way. Um, there's no mistaking who he's talking about, you know, even down to the stupid thin cigarettes that, that, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, uh, part of, part of the, uh, the character. I think you can't have one without the other, you know, you picture, uh, the, the, the craggy looking guy and, and he's got to have that thing dangling from his mouth, you know, and, um, you know, he's, he's got that attitude and he's got that all wrapped up in, 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 in um, in, in that, in that piece that he uh, gave you 
great job. Wonderful comment. Uh, Silk, what do you think about it? Yeah, I thought this was a fantastic uh, tribute to Clint Eastwood. Um, um, every every stanza was great, but uh, but to me this really stuck out. They spun the priest, rosary, and candles for their own trinity, Smith Weston and me. I thought that was just a really clever uh, stanza right there, and uh, his little play on the, the trinity of God and um, everything there. Although I would say I think Clint, uh, I don't know, but uh, just... Uh, like I said, this the whole uh, boss guy thought that for a second. But um no, I really like the whole part too, uh, especially also how you're saying some men call themselves no nonsense, others call them mean. And uh yeah, some people that are uh that are no nonsense do give a bad rap like that. And um no, just just fantastic. I enjoyed it. And you know they're always the asshole, you know. But they're really not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're right, you're right. Uh, Sawa, what do you think? I, I didn't see the movie, so I really can't speak about the movie, but what I like, I like how this is, can be read for any time. This is about men, and there are men today who are like this. They call women girly. Uh, they want to do what they want to do. <laughs> I really think this is a good presentation of uh, men in general, uh, not not I'm not saying all men are like this, but some type of man, and I think this is really brilliant because it's timeless. Absolutely, Raz. What do you think? Yeah, I would second partial of what the former speaker had stated. That line on they call themselves finishers, others call mm-hmm. them mad dog mean. You can't have a world where there's not certain men who are really going to take it there, just be flat out as mean as possible, and there's no one to tell them differently on changing their behavior. Mm-hmm. And uh, Headshot. Uh, this brings to mind, uh, you want the truth, you can't handle the truth. Uh, <laughs> so, so they call themselves finishers. Uh, very few men are willing to finish something. Uh, uh, others uh, they, they used to be called mad dogs now we call them devil dogs I, I don't know what other people call them uh, so so you got to think uh, I, I, I I feel like he has a, a military perspective so so uh, when I think poker I think poke her which is what we're ultimately <laughs> which is what we're ultimately fighting about so so you have these soldiers going and fighting these enemies other other countries other nations for freedom or for whatever and uh and uh, and so we, we we fight it, and then uh, we we might not get the ultimate uh, what we what we really wanted. Some people uh, have different perspectives on how to treat a woman, and vice versa. Well, when we go fight these wars, and uh, uh, I totally kind of lost track a little bit, but uh, uh, there's so many of us fighting that we we don't all have the same perspective. So so we're just literally uh, doing it for out of the goodness of our hearts or or, or, or whatever. Uh, I think when you drink uh, coffee, we drink soda now too, so it's like drinking oil and smoking. is like okay. smoking trees, plants. Um, so uh, I had a few other things to say, but I totally lost track. Uh, but but it's, it's nice to, to have some guys look at harsher because cause they're willing to do what other people aren't aren't willing to do, like to shoot women and kids or kill everybody. 
so it doesn't happen again. Uh, we don't go to war for no reason, and, and I think we should finish one when we start one uh, so we don't have the same issues. I thought it was a great ride. Yeah. Great comments. And, uh, Boo, I'm going to have you uh, make the last comment. Raz, if you can go grab uh, Peter Solway's poem. Uh, well, this is my kind of dude, really. This is what I call, like, a, you know, he has, he's ballsy, and he's straight up, and he's honest. He doesn't bullshit you. And, uh, hey, you need a real man to do a lot of things, you know, especially for women to feel safe. We like to feel safe. We like to feel secure. Uh, this is the kind of guy that uh, some consider themselves no-nonsense. Others call them mean. That's the guy that always is like the asshole, you know, just because he's not so chatty and talkative and maybe he doesn't have – personality means all business kind of guy reminds me of my dad exactly my dad he wants to know who what when where why he gets shit done he doesn't fuck around and um you know he's real and that are all things that i like personally in a man and uh i think that he nailed it and he also looks the part too gerald with his hat and his accent and he seems like a no grit kind of fella so uh yeah i thought this maybe mirrored him a little bit uh great poem and that's what I call a man, but, you know, everybody has their own opinion, but I like to show them. Great comment, Boo. All right. Uh, next up, uh, we're going to have uh, Peter Solway. He is um, mm. he got the silver contest. And uh, I will go ahead and read this. This is called Make My Day After Clint. It goes like this. Sweet death of deliverance, yours, not mine. Whether rattlesnake venom or bullet through brain, or both, gunfight amongst rock, outlaw with bad breath, to hunker down on snake's nest, babies to defend, Quint, their foster father champion, sleep under star's blanket. Adopted lads all swimming, Mother a Mexican woman, border crossing once too often, no more to door or phone, Clint coming, day making. Heroes of the West, all gone to fiction, only lone dogs barking, flagons of venom, no engines dancing, drum beating. Why nothing? Clint of extinction. Feather, feather and brain, Still squinting, arrow flown, prophets of gambling, planets to name on carpeted ceiling, Venus and Mars, embers from smoke, all the rawhide same, herds a-rolling, cattle arrest, childhood reclaimed, Clint with migraine, bubonic plague, frying snakes, old as shit, grilled rattles, stars of earth, Knowing the boast of Little Earth, make my day. And poem. <laughs> I like I like this. This is this is absolutely so clever. It really ties in a lot of um, a lot of uh, what Clint Eastwood's uh, movies were about, and a lot of different scenarios that went into them. Um, Clint with a migraine, bubonic plague, plague, crying snake. And, yeah, he is old as shit right now. But he's still bringing it, bringing it 
which is absolutely awesome. Uh, love it. Love the way that this went. And congratulations I on Silver. I bet he could. 90, 91 years old. 91 He's years old. He's still kicking ass. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, let me get the – I'm going to start with um, – let me start with Raz on this. Raz, what do you think? Yeah, it's a tradition of the Mekusuki and the Seminoles in Florida to still fry those serpents and uh, have that option available when you go visit at the retreat. That's the reminder I read in the poem when you were talking about cooking up some snakes and uh, to each their own taste, but... Uh, you know, there's a way of purifying any animal that it does make digestible food. <laughs> awesome comment. Uh, Salwa, what do you think? I'm so sorry. My apology. I had to step out to do something. I'd be, I have to read it. I didn't read it. I'm sorry. It's okay. Headshot, what do you think? I think America underestimates itself and forgets that we're in competition with the rest of the world. Uh, finishers, they, uh, so so they call themselves finishers. Uh, they were day making. I took the two words day making out of the whole poem. Uh, the finishers day making. Uh, we live in the dark. Uh, this is obviously not heaven. Uh, we are what we've created. Uh, the sun will rise after the dark. So so so, so we're we're angry and we're strict because we want to be the best in the world and remain the best. And, and people forget that we're a competition with others and they're stealing from us and we don't think that's right. So we, we, we're, we're upset because we want to go on uh, with a cleaner name and we worry uh, what others think and say about ourselves and how we carry ourselves. And we don't want to be affiliated with others who go in a, a different direction. I thought it was a great right. And Rack, what do you think? Yeah, I think he did a great job. Um, he took um, the, um, uh, the Hollywood uh, perception of the cowboy and the tough guy, and he wrapped that up, you know, because that's, that was always the character that he played. So um, he, he did a fantastic job, you know, mentioning all the little grit and, and, and bits and pieces that make that character, that, that Hollywood, you know, iconicized, um, you know, the, the, the rattlesnakes and, and the stars and the sleeping bags and all of that. You know, the, the, only, the only thing missing was the, the prospector and the, uh, the two-bit whore. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> There's gold in them hills. Okay, I had to say that. I, I couldn't help it. <laughs> uh, Silk, but uh, you're gonna Silk. I'm glad you have the last comment. And if uh, Raz can go grab Silk's poem. Okay. No, I, I love this. Uh, he he did. He wove so much into this poem uh, that was related to this one. It was a great tribute. And I love the little touch of humor, especially the uh, Clint with migraine, bubonic plague, fry snake, old as shit. I mean, yeah, yeah, Clint's getting up there, man. But uh, <laughs> he's still making badass movies and stars in them. Uh, I remember that what was that one, the El Camino one, or and then the uh, Grand the one? I can't remember the name of it, but the one where he was Grand a uh, mule. That was great. I love those. Oh, that I love movie. that movie. Yeah, where he was, yeah, the mule. Uh, doing all those runs for the mafia or whatever, and uh, or not the mafia, but for the uh, yeah, I just can't even think of the word now. The cartels down there in Mexico and all that, yeah. But uh, I really enjoyed it. Good 
Wonderful comment. And uh, we're going to have Silk go up next. As soon as Raz, uh, there you go, Silk. You're on the board. This is an older one of mine. Uh, I, it's not necessarily about Clint, but it is a Western-themed poem. Uh, we've had successful The smoke of a shot rang out on the street. The dust in New Mexico stung my eyes, and the wind seemed to scream. That ranger on the stage fell dead from his perch. I rode out with the bank's strong box, his lawmen were forming a search. Day and night I rode that horse to his death. I wondered if the son of the lawman would kill me first. As I reached for the water skin, I realized that it may be the thirst. Twenty miles I walk, another five I did crawl. Another, after that poor horse had fell, covering my tracks best that I could, I swore I'd carry that strong box to hell. She found me raving half out of my mind, saw through my lies that I was a man of wealth. But she hid it well from the light in her eyes and nursed me back into my house. She hid me away when those women did stray and lie to them with a grin. Though she said she would cry if I rode out and died, I stole her horse and was gone with the wind. Down to old Mexico with my chest full of gold, I started a brand new life. Though every now and again when the loneliness sets in, I think I should have made that woman my wife. <laughs> you know, I'm, I I think of the 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 song by Toby Keith. I should have been a cowboy, and um, and uh, that 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 one. You know, I never heard old Marshall Dillon say, <laughs> "Miss Kitty, have you ever thought about running away, settling down, and marrying me?" That that wasn't the cowboy way back then. That wasn't that yeah. those characters would all would always be the 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 ones that strayed, the ones that always uh, went their their way and never settled down, and that's kind of what uh, how they were and what what they did. And I think you captured uh, that uh, well in the last few lines. Though every now and again, when the loneliness sets in. I think I should have made that woman and my wife. Yeah, um, that's that's who they were. That's what they were about. That's what uh, you captured that well, and that's uh, that's uh, the way that uh, I see that time period. Uh, well, let me get some comments for you, and I, I will start with uh, Rack. Rack, what do you think? Yeah, to me, this that had a very uh, young guns feel to it. Um, uh, um, I, I really enjoyed the, the whole scenario that you set up. And, and um, that last line was, uh, the last two lines were, were gorgeous because, you know, um, you, you, the way that you say it, you know, you, the, the, the wording itself to me, um, it, it kind of emphasizes that fact that, that, you know, it was a fleeting thought, you know. You, you knew it, was, it could, it, it sounded like, it felt like it could be the right choice, but you know, uh, it's not for me, you know. Um, and and um, the, the whole thing kind of emphasized that. Um, it, it was a great write. And let me get a comment next from um, Selwa. Selwa, what do you think? <laughs> It is actually funny to another funny one, but even though it has just, we have wanted 
with us, what he says, loose, one, I guess, I don't know how to say it right, wanted, right, you say wanted, right, when someone in a runaway, we have a wanted, wanted yep. yeah, among us, be careful, you know, it's really funny how he, you definitely gave, gave, um, a real description of how they used to live in all, in all time. I don't know if it applies to today, but definitely I can see this in a Western movie. Um, and I like the ending like everyone else. She hid me away when those low men did stray uh, and lied to them with a grin. So she said she would cry. It's just, there is like this um, almost like innocence that you show that they have this, the woman to, and, I, I, it is, it's a great poem. I'm sorry, I'm losing my concentration. I think I should go. Because I, we've been up since 5 o'clock in this morning. <laughs> I really am. So I'm You've been smoking that wacky tobacco. Oh, you'll be fine. You can go to bed. You can go to bed. You got our permission. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, good night. <laughs> thank you for calling. Uh, Headshot. Good night, Sal. Good night. Good night, Sal. Uh, yeah. Good night, Sal. Uh, so, uh, so chest full of gold. People used to uh, have to carry around their money with them. They didn't have vehicles or, or you didn't have the union. This is when everything started up. So so you just have to run around with your money and have to protect it. Uh, and then when you meet a good woman, I guess you you settle down, uh, like he says. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was up there. I don't know if there was their choice or, or the numbers were, were obviously different back then. Um, but I can't even imagine how, how uh, difficult it was to... to to, to struggle. There's no corner stores or, or anything like that. So you have to basically live off the land uh, for the most part. Uh, I thought it was a great ride. Another thing right. about that time yeah, period. Back then, I, I remember when they went to the, when they actually started doing paper money, that was a huge upset uh, back then because uh, people used to, didn't trust it at first, I think. And uh, yeah, everyone had their gold and their, their silver and all that. And yeah. Yeah, the the whole thing about that time period is no one trusted the banks either because the banks weren't guaranteed. They they couldn't guarantee <laughs> the money, and uh, exactly. so that they would they would put all their money in like mason jars and hide them, bury them in their yard, and put them under put them in the floor, floorboards and in the walls and wherever they could find place for them. That's where they would hide it, and that yep. they, and there are still people to this day finding. Finding money in their, in uh, when they uh, do reconstructions on their old houses, they're finding stuff that in the floorboards, uh, in the walls, and uh, in the secret places within their house, and or they're finding it buried out in their yard, uh, in the in the ponds in their yard, stuff places like that. So it it did exist back then, and I think that that is a, a cool aspect of it. Uh, Raz, what do you think? Yeah, this reminded me a bit of the song that brings up the lyric, riding in the desert with a horse without name. What became of that horse, how it died while this cowboy was struggling out in the West. I imagine that was another frequent problem. They would just pass away and you'd be out in the middle of nowhere with uh, nothing else but your own twosome to carry you over the next horizon. 
in a rap to the desert on a horse with no name. Yeah. Okay. Now you got that song into my head. Thanks. Boo, you get the last day. And uh, Raz, if you can go grab Casey Day's poem. Uh, Boo, what do you think? To me, this is just a good woman right here. You know what I mean? I mean, he, he meets her. She nurses him back to health. You know, she gives him some, like, motivation and stuff. And then he goes about and he's dirty dog steals her steals her horse and takes away uses her and takes away uh you know everything that she did for him i stole her horse and i was gone with the wind <laughs> i think it's a great storytelling too there and then down to mexico he runs away but he's still thinking of her even though all the time has gone by and he wishes he would have married her um because she is a good woman straight up you know strong woman and uh, that's good to see, you know. And it's we got a little love vibe there, and um, a lesson, I guess, too. There too for us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to go with the villain. And, uh, yeah, this is really cute and really different for you, I think. And um, you did a good job. This is three years old, so yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, well, how good. All right. Uh, next up, uh, we're gonna have Boo. Boo, I'm putting you to work. Casey Day is uh, one of the newest members of La Cosa Nostra, and uh, Boo, you get to read her. Okay, American Spirit. She reminded me of a town I used to roam. Her eyes, come and get me eyes, took me back home. The curve of her hips was like an old dirt road. Her hair, it swayed in ocean-like curls, but the way she danced, the way she twirled, that's how I knew she was an American girl. Her clothes were not were worn out, her secrets behind her smile. She laughed, she sang, she played like a child. She was born, oh yes, she was born to be wild. I held on too tight, t- tried to make her stay. She kissed me goodnight before she ran away. God makes them different in the U.S. of A. And poem, holla! Damn <laughs> right. American woman, stay away from me. No. <laughs> oh yeah, this is great. This is uh, this is a wonderful, empowering, and there's there's so much love in it. And uh, yeah, I can I can see the um, the kind uh, of kind of the patriotism in that, and uh, kind of the fire and spunk in it as well. Uh, absolutely wonderful headshot. What do you think of this? Oh, what comes to mind is, is you go out to a club and women get all beautiful and get dressed up, and, and they expect you to treat them that way the rest of the relationship when they when you both just get dressed up for one night. Um, I, I don't know. That, that's just what came to mind. Yeah, the the, the uh, how America makes women differently over here. Um, uh, I don't. I can tell you. I guess we should be feel special for making uh, the greatest women. Uh, alive, I suppose. Uh. There you go. Rack. Yeah, there's a definite sense of pride in being uh, uh, in, in uh, the, the type of women that uh, are in the States here. Um, just, just the descriptions alone, uh, you could tell uh, there's a sense of uh, almost reverence, I thought, to, to, you know, the description of the hair and everything. Very, uh, I should say admiration more than reverence, but, um, you know, it, it, it was just, you know, very um, mindful of um, all, all the Westerns and things and, and even Hollywood, you know, they kind of um, 
really um, gave the, the 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 lousy, you know, the dirt and the dust to, to, to the women's roles. They were whores. They were barmaids. They got spat on. They they they, they weren't thought of. They got left behind. You know, it, it's always you know, oh, well, you know, I got to roam. You know, I got to go play my poker. You know, and 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 then you know, the the, the guy defending the woman's honor. Even then, you know, she she always was kind of a side thought and, and never really a main character. And that that this kind of brought the woman to the forefront. So I, I enjoyed it for that. And she's packing heat, Rack. <laughs> and uh, Raz, what do you think? Yeah, the only meat to pass in the U.S. of A. Silk. Yeah, I, I really dug this, and uh, yeah, I love that American, uh, that all-American vibe that she really wove into this uh, whole piece of this uh, down-home American girl, threw in a little bit of grit, a little bit of sexiness, uh, and sass, and uh, just uh, and uh, carefree all throughout this piece. Just I love the depiction of the, the woman here that she wove, and um, yeah, woman of guns, kind of hot, you know, just them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And, Boo, I'm going to let you have a last day. And, Raz, Raz, get your poem. You're next. So, Boo, <laughs> you read it. What do you think? Yeah. Well, it's like strong women rock, you know, like just like women like a strong man, men, I think, like a strong woman, woman most of the time, one who takes charge, knows what's up, can handle herself, Um makes her own money, fries it up in a pan, all the other stuff. Um, and she also gives props to the United States, which I like always love to see. I love the soldiers and the troops, so I give her credit for that. Uh, I love the picture, too. I wouldn't want to mess with a girl packing heat. I like her hair. It's suede, like ocean-like curls, but the way she danced, she knew she twirled. That's how I knew she was an American girl. That's just really cool. I thought the whole thing was uplifting and uh great right and I've never read her before but I will she was an American girl oh, yeah little little Tom Petty going on there I love it alright Raz are you ready here's a poem expand wide nope. bleeding of the smashing skull tear off the blue dress my Lamar Boone there is nothing underneath anymore beneath the top hat or deeper. Sorrow, solicitous, remorse. Tomahawk cruise missiles later translate into the hatchet cannibal parties with the Confederate soldiers terrorized, glass eyes, mortified to death, striking blows. Perseverance to endure the howling natives, chilling to the bloody bones. Drum beats that old deer would later explain the warfare to be innocent compared to the human remains found in the Providence Church decomposed whose Clark Inkwell's victor in those old wooden forts was a colonial dream plagued clashing and threatening levels of territory flogging when the marching tribes would assail the wagon arrows with bows and arrows to the breaking point phosphate, sulfur touch, ember kindling, the wrecked trains, dig holes are carbon dated, postponed, bitter apathy here is not underneath the green swamp waters, the calling moan drowned cries of the savory ghosts, human predator and man-made monster, the demon whose temptation is according, military movement known as torture, why belittle the historian Yale studies to be exempted 
of the formal trial and cast shadow at the Pueblo Missionary Ruins as to the Confederate adversary who had once turned the little pilgrims to pater notable sooth British, seedling to the aspen, wood camping fires, mention the persistent memories vanished in the lamplight to the settled Arizona Indian village trough. The Valkyrie was alleged to watch over the pioneer settlers, expansive vision, the mountain lion and the wild coyotes, wearing the buckskins, the grotesque caricature, the earlier indigenous men originally treated the enemy with a gratitude for the heavy booted, hunted ground polluted by the impurities of the white man's distant somatic, a corrupted party search, the jet black frogs are flying over the torn to shred prairie, Western explorers counterpart, desecration and El Dorado, the mirage which in the distortions of picturing historical moments of pronounced bushel ensconced a clear image to the fearful flying by Green River, Indian savage and Confederate soldier, perversions of mortal languages to underestimate those days fierce and consequential battles, even a date without the remains ever found, the dead are remembered. And poem. I think this is absolutely a brilliant poem mainly because of the fact that every single war that has been fought has had its atrocities. And there are certain languages and certain words and certain descriptions that are used to paint their own, whoever's reporting on it, whoever the historian is, that will put the positive light onto their side and the negative light onto the other side. I think that there's a very powerful Indian savage and federal uh, federate soldiers, you know, and, and there, there you go. That's, that's kind of uh, it right there. I think one of the most telling things I have ever seen or ever read was a um, histori- history book from 1904, I believe it was, and it was talking about the Spanish-American War. And it wasn't necessarily talking about how, you know, the Americans were always positive, always right, and always this great, great uh, bunch of people and everything. When a leader messed up or ran away, they called him a coward. In a history book, when have you heard the last time an American general during a military uh, engagement be called a coward or or an admiral of of the Navy get called a coward? I think that that history in itself has been changed to a certain degree to um, an opinion rather than the historical facts of what happened in itself. And I think that that is, um, that is powerful in your, uh, uh, in your uh, piece right there, Raz. Excellent job. Excellent. Um, uh, before yeah, I have, comment, I want to go, go ahead. Not actually have. I want to say before we get into comments, hello to Dash Pat who's listening in. Glad that she is able to join us. 
uh, out in uh, Radio Land, Radio Land, um, <laughs> which I is bet. pretty damn awesome. And uh, let me get a comment uh, from Rack. Rack, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I really enjoyed that, Raz. Um, that the, when you said Tomahawk missiles, I had a big-ass grit on my face. Only you could make that work in, in, in kind of a Western theme, um, and, and that, that was a great job. Um, but um, set, set, setting that, that, that subtlety aside, um, you know, the whole message, the whole um, theme of it, you know, you, you kept on track, and, and that was great. And, and um, you know, like um, Jay said, JCA mentions the um, – uh, revisionist history. Uh, you know the, the the people that win the wars get to get to uh, slant. You know how how it's reported and whatnot. And um, you know that, that that that's also a scary thing because you know I th- I think um, what gets there's there's a lot that gets lost, including uh, not 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 uh, not the least of which are the atrocities that are committed during some of these wars. Um, but yeah, you you did an amazing job. You know putting a um, a magnifying glass on some of that and, and uh, talking about it like you normally do. Really enjoyed it, Raz. Thanks, Rack. Yeah, it goes both ways. There were all the atrocities you told Indians did to those who were the pioneers, but it was also vice versa. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, headshot, what do you think? It reminds me of the lawyer changing the wording after the judge ruling. Um, so it, <laughs> things get passed along as uh, it changes, it gets distorted as you pass it along. Um, and and uh, obviously the winners are going to tell it how they want to tell it, and the losers should be dead, so no one's there to argue with them. Um, it, it reminds me of a – it goes back ages how they say young boys are fighting wars while old men are waging them, or or however they say it. Uh I thought this is. I thought this was a great, a great ride. Thanks, Scott. And Silk, what do you think? Yeah, I thought this was a very descriptive piece. Uh, it was. Uh, um, it, it read like a like a story all the way through, um, and uh, I really enjoyed that. But uh, yeah, you also um, portrayed a lot of the um, injustices that went on. I think on both sides too. I think, uh, and plus also down here we were talking about um, uh, conversions of mortal languages to underestimate those days of fierce and battles. I think a lot of things happened back then too. A lot of bad things happened just because of a uh, language gap uh, and being unable to understand one another or um, just, you know, being unable to understand the differences in two people's cultures or whatever. And um, I thought this was just a very, very right. Great, great comment. Uh, Boo, what do you think? Uh, okay, I see a couple of things. Um, maybe atrocity of that was especially home story and how they changed history. I, I know that they did that, but I didn't know um, to what extent, but uh, it favors one side over the other, so we don't really know what's truth and what's fact. Um Bitter apathy here is not underneath the green swamp waters calling moan drowned cries of savory ghosts. I like that human predator, man-made monster. Like we believe some of the bullshit and we believe what they tell us and we believe other things they turned around that aren't really facts. 
And you always talk about that. You always question the facts and question what's real and what isn't. And I think that's a good thing. And you're always digging deeper and trying to find out the meaning and then sharing it with us. Um, those days, tears, battles, even date without remind. That's really good. And the dead are remembered. And I wonder how many things they actually really do get wrong that we believe. And so, I mean, that I've never thought about that before. So you just made me think about that and wonder, too. So... Good job, guys. Thank you very much, Next up, uh, Silk, can you go ahead and read this next one for us? Sure thing, I'll be honest. I'm off mute here. Okay, I see it now. I'm going to refresh. Okay, this one's a perfect day to shoot a warm gun by Rob Cohen. Standing under the streetlight, waiting for my man, who's the porter, carrying brown bags that punch back harder than you can. When I get my jump, the sidewalk journey home becomes a track across the wall of China, and all I see is that still silver spoon above a candle guiding me along. On my floorbed mattress, brown bubbles burst to my delight. The only reprieve my warm, undeprived life is. It's better to burn out than to fade away. But on this perfect day, I'll have my cake both ways. Sticky feet brown sugar tastes so good, yet the prick doesn't linger the same any longer. Pain returns in a, in a come-down machine. Dust and train spotted silent nights while I'm sick to see the dragon I face at a requiem for my lost dreams. Yeah, this is uh, a powerful piece about addiction right here. And this kind of of, uh, paints the picture of of the whole thing about uh, heroin use and and the firing up of it in a spoon and everything like that, I think it's uh, it, it's kind of a chilling, chilling uh, poem in itself. But uh, excellently produced and great read, Silk. Um, Rack, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, addiction is a, a touchy subject. Um, the clever to, to call it, you know, a gun and, and um, you know, the word heroin, in uh, association with the old west, so you know that the, the theme, the, the the idea, the mood is is, is kept uh, throughout the whole piece, um, and then you know it's very powerful wording and, and the situation itself, um, and <laughs> written from a woman's perspective, no less. You know, waiting for my man. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I <clears throat> in, uh, really really clever. Um, I enjoyed it very much. And uh, Silk, what do you think reading it? Yeah, this this uh, this one actually stuck home to me because uh, I was a heroin addict in, uh, in my um, late teens and early twenties. So uh, mm-hmm. this really um, he really did good on uh, describing kind of uh, it's kind of like a ritual when you get your um, when you get that cap yeah and you get your bed and uh, you sit down, you get your spoon out, get your mirror out or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. boil it up. You're addicted to the ritual. It, 
cut it up, mix mm-hmm. uh, the salt powder in the, in the water, the spoon, boil it up, and then your cotton ball. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, really uh, really brought me back to those days, I guess. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he's really talking right here about the about the yes, or sticky sweet brown sugar tastes so good. Yes, doesn't linger the same any longer. Yeah, it does. It takes more and more to get the same and same, and it's just a big money pet, and uh, just a totally sinking spiral. So I totally got that. Mm-hmm. All right, Boo. I see you're itching, Boo. Scratch that. <laughs> No, I was just going to say that a lot of people, they're addicted to, to the the ritual. They're going to hook it up to get it, to go through the, the hell you have to go through to get it. And then, like you said, all the other stuff that goes with it. Um, and that's like their high, and that's hard to shake. And, like, this poem kind of probably triggers some people because it's that yeah. strong in the wording. It's very unique that he used the gun. I think it's smart and it's clever, and I understood the whole thing. <laughs> And uh, no abstract there, pretty straight up. And I agree with Rack, but it's from the woman's point of view, just something unique and different. And um, the brown sugar, you know, all the lingo and slang, really great job, poetic, and a warning, I think. Um, And you did an awesome read, Phil. Thank you. And uh, Headshot. My favorite lines were, it's better to burn out than to fade away. but on this perfect day, I'll have my, my cake in both ways. So to burn out as you fade away, uh, so I see it as rage, raging from rage, from the dying of the light, all that. I thought it was a great writing. All right. And Raz, you get the last comment, and then we're going to have Boo read the next poem. Yeah, you know, there's so many ways to take heroin that it's one very fatal drug you can take two shots and be hooked for the rest of your life on a biological level require even methadone treatment or spend years later somehow affected by ever trying the substance so it's not your typical type of brown sugar chasing the dragon (laughs) chasing the dragon always chasing it (laughs) you guys are so spot on there Boo, uh, I put Tila's uh, poem on the board. If you can go ahead and read that one for us. Uh, Still active at 91. I can't believe he's 91. Every which way he go, girls go offer him million-dollar men with his peaceful dollars. Still green eyes, so deep, his good look. Macho personality, girls crazy after him. (laughs) 91 years old, still active in his non-personality, especially at his age, working at this age. It's unthinkable. God bless him. I have, I have lovely family with eight children and great-great-grandchildren. What does one need? Girl, he's single. <laughs> A true <laughs> macho man. End poem. <laughs> uh, this is so fun. This is absolutely so fun. She did She. Tongue in cheek, enjoyable, a lot of uh, fact in there, but she had a whole lot of fun, which is the important part about it. She was also in the contest, and uh, I'm glad that she was. Headshot, what did you think about that? I'm sorry, I missed it, man. Hey, no problem, no problem. Let's get to Raz. Raz, what did you think about that one? 
yeah, if Clint Eastwood is uh, really that much more sex appeal at 91, then I think he's living up to his Hollywood legend <laughs> right here. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Love it. Love it. Silk, what do you think? Yeah, I, to- I-, I totally dug. Uh, I loved her, the-, the humor she threw in here, especially at the end, uh, girl, she's still single. And um, uh, I thought <laughs> that she just had a she had a very fun way of just uh, portraying Clayton Eastwood here in this tribute. And uh, I thought it was lovely. It was fun to read. Uh, fun to listen. That was a great reboot. And um, I just I really enjoyed it. And Rack, what do you think? Hey, hey, boo. Boo, he, he could use a good nurse um, at 91. <laughs> there you go. He probably rocked my world. Oh, man. Um, you know, the, 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 the ending line kind, kind of uh, wraps up the, the, the whole piece. Um, you know, he's got a lot going for him, you know, he, and, and, and a storied career behind him. Um, you know, everyone talks about the Westerns and everything, but, you know, he's a very versatile actor. He did a lot of different stuff. Um, what was it? The Bridges of Madison County. And uh, uh, oh, she, she, she mentions she mentions in the beginning Every Which Way But Loose. That was another movie he did with oh, the freaking orangutan, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that, 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 was, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was interesting. You know, they, they say never act with children and animals. But, you know, he, he's done it all. And, and, you know, he came out uh, shining for it. And he's still going strong. He's, you know, an amazing man. All right, Boo, you get the final say in Raz, if you can go grab uh, Kenny W's piece. What do you think, Boo? He's, he's sort of like the epitome of a man, you know. Even at 91, he's still a badass, and, you know, he's still he probably, you know, still got plenty of life left in him. I mean, like when you think Hollywood legend, there's not many left, and I think for sure he's one of them. And this yeah. is funny and fun, and I love the ending. <laughs> Maybe she's still single. Uh and, you know, if I teach a thing or two still at 91, you know. So yeah. uh, I think it was really funny and fun to read. Good job, Tila. And there's Tila out on the board. She just showed up. Uh, I'm sure she was listening. Yes, great job. Uh, before I read this last one from Kenny W., and then we got a, something special that might be on overtime from Boo., I want to thank uh, Headshot, Sal, Raz, Azakel, Silk, and Rack for calling, Gonzo and Teal out on the board, Boo for everything you do, and everybody who wrote for the contest, thank you guys so much. I hope you're listening right now. I know I put the show link out there for them. And Raz, if you can fire up Kenny W's piece, I'm going to go ahead and read that for everybody. This is called Clint Quiz by Kenny W. Question one. If he's been through the desert on a horse with no name, is that horse with no name carrying the man with no name? And was it really raining? Question two. Did Dirty Harry really know what that punk was thinking? Did he really lose count of the shots? Did he ask... Do you feel lucky? You've got to ask yourself one question. Is that a bit of Nascote? Question three. When he talked to the trees, did they listen to him? When he talked to the stars, could they hear him? 
Was it all in vain? Question four. Let's not go and ruin it by thinking too much because dying ain't much of a living, boy. I tried being reasonable. I didn't like it. A good man knows his limitations. Is any of this true? End poem. Such a clever, clever little... This was another one of the ones that was part of... um, of, uh, This is another one of the ones that is part of uh, the contest, which is... uh, And it was clever. So I I really enjoyed the way that this was brought together. And uh, very clever, very tongue-in-cheek, and and with a little touch of humor behind it. Uh, Silk, what do you think about that? Yeah, I enjoyed a little bit of humor, too. And I, I love how you incorporated so many Clint Eastwood quotes throughout the whole piece here, especially in that last band. It was almost all Clint Eastwood quotes uh, really came out very well done. And I like how he set it up as kind of like a vignette but with questions instead of a uh, separation, sort of. Um, or, you know, question one, question two, question three, question four. And, uh, yeah, just a great tribute to Clint Eastwood. I really enjoyed it. And uh, Rack, what do you think? It was a very clever piece. He uh, definitely captured the attitude of uh, most of the characters. Um, uh, the, the last line uh, was uh, from, uh, I don't know which movie it was, but it's definitely one of my favorites about being reasonable. Um, you know, that kind of sums up the attitude that, that he seems to be living, you know, even though it's from a movie. You know, you, you got to think that sometimes the writers take the, per- the actor's personality into mind uh, when they write some of the stuff that they write. And, um, you know, that makes it probably pretty easy to write for him because, you know, of his career and his, his personality. Great job. And um, Headshot, what do you think? I, I couldn't tell if they're actually asking the question, is any of this true or are they – they trying to uh, analyze a, a bit. Uh, I don't know. I, I just went with uh, dying ain't much of living. Uh, it doesn't matter how well we're, we're doing. It's never going to be good enough. Uh, we're supposed to be building heaven on earth, and, and instead we're just complaining because it's hell. I thought it was a great rant. And Raz, what do you think? Yeah, that last question... A good man knows his limitations. Is any of this true? It has me thinking this whole quiz is based on do we understand movie trivia from thinking for ourselves? Is that what it's all coming to, modern-day psychology? And uh, trying to accept one aspect, the influences there are from all this mass media you absorb for decades upon decades compared to sticking on a completely personal level. And uh, right now, uh, we're going to be uh, going off the air in uh, about three minutes to the people on the board. We might stay a little bit longer and do a few other things here in overtime. So if you guys want to stick around a little bit, We'll do that. But what I'd like to do before we go off is play this. 
and get everybody excited once again for Cry Macho. So here's the official movie trailer. Back when we had winners, I was afraid to lose you to the competition. Five times you won the All-American. That was a long time ago, wasn't it? That was before the accident. Before the booze. You know how many people told me to just cut you loose? You gonna say anything? Howard, I've always thought of you as a small, weak, and gutless man. But you know, there's no reason to be rude. You owe me, Mike. You gave me your word. And that used to mean something. My son, Rafael, he's in trouble. I want to get him out of Mexico. You want me to go down there and kidnap him? Please, just get him back up here. That's you? Hey, Rafi, you can come out now. I'm a friend of the Catch me and I'll kick your ass on that. Jesus Christ. Get in the back. We go and I tell you, okay? Look, the only place you're going to go is the hospital. You get too angry. It's not good for you. You used to be drunk. Natural. I used to be a lot of things, but I'm not now. Now I'll tell you something. This macho thing is overrated. Just people trying to be macho show that they've got grit. That's about all they end up with. It's like anything else in life, you think you got all the answers. I'm Mike. Marta. And you realize you get older, you don't have any of them. We all have to make choices in life, kid. You have to make yours. Your name is Macho. Like me. Very strong rooster. Whatever. What's wrong with that? Nothing. I wants to name this cock macho. <laughs> it's okay by me. <laughs> oh, that that last line gets me. <laughs> if, a, if, if a guy wants to name this cock macho, that's okay with me. <laughs> Oh my God, <laughs> he's come up with another one. He's come up with another one. Well, I guess what we'll do, guys, is I'm going to play a little bit of Boo, and then we're going to go off the air. Um, it has been a great show, and I appreciate everybody who's been here. We're off the air right now on that. But uh, I got something special from Boo she wanted to share with each of you. So here we go. Enjoy. It takes a minute, Jay. Sorry, I have to speed up.
was awesome. All right, with that, this has been uh, a Crime Mafia, a special celebration of Clint Eastwood, La Cosa Nostra Radio, and this is JCA saying good night and signing off. Good night, everybody.